to yet another instalment of our Nucleus Wealth Insight series. Just a quick reminder that the following presentation is general information only and does not take into account your personal circumstances. Whilst Nucleus Wealth aims to present informing and sometimes entertaining content, please consult your investment professional, financial advisor, or better yet, speak to us before making any decisions based on any of the themes discussed in today's presentation. And don't forget that this is a live presentation, so feel free to drop any questions you like in the chat box below and we can answer them along the way. If you're watching this after the event, make sure you attend the next one so you too can participate in the live Q&A section of our presentation. Our presenters today include myself, Tim Fuller, a certified financial advisor who has worked with hundreds of clients over the years, helping to make the complex simple for companies such as AMP, Mercer and independent advisories. Sitting across from me, we have Nucleus Wealth's Head of Investments, Damien Klassen, whose 25 years in the world of finance has seen him as the founding partner and head of research at analyst firm Aegis Equities, head of quantitative strategy at Wilson HTM, and was responsible for mining energy and big data in the $60 billion global quantitative equity fund at Schroders, which are a multinational, multinational asset management company. And of course, for more information, please check out our people section at www.nucleuswealth.com. So uh, hello and welcome to our next installment of Nucleus Insights. Uh, and this week, uh, we've entitled it The Future of Financial Advice. So uh, the uh, obviously a quite a topical uh, theme in, in, today's, uh, in today's media and today's news, given the uh, recent uh, unveiling and, and revelations of the Royal Commission. So we thought we might um, just put together a, a short webinar on uh, some thoughts that we have uh, going forward in, in, where, in the directions that we think financial advice are going. I'm here with Damien. Welcome, Damien. Hi, Tim. And uh, we'll jump into it. So. We've got uh, the agenda today, so we're going to have a look at some uh, potential uh, Royal Commission advice uh, outcomes, uh, given, uh, as I mentioned there, the, the revelations uh, that we've, we've been watching. Uh, we'll jump into, from there, the current advice or a current advice snapshot of uh, Australians and, and advice. Actually, there's a couple of uh, recent articles that have come out in uh, the AFR, which we'll be focusing on a few graphs there as well. Uh, and then on to uh, the topic of the day, which is the, the future of advice and some of the pathways that um, it could very well be headed. So off we go into it. Yeah, and we might jump. We're going to uh, flip back around this time, and, and I'm going to ask a few more questions, and, and Tim's going to be in the, in, the, in the hot seat for a change. Um, but I think the uh, just to frame the, the, the aspects of, of what we're looking at is I think, the, as I see it, uh, advice sort of falls into three main categories. Uh, one is the, the structuring, so so how should you, you know, should it be in trusts or should it be in your own name or should it be through super and, and things like that? And I'd, there's, there hasn't been a, a lot in terms of uh, coming out of the Royal Commission and, and, and things like that, but there, there is a little bit about the structure of, um, uh, you know, whether there's higher payments in super and things like that. So, the, so there's one part of that, um, but, but that's, I guess, less of an issue. Um, the second part is then, so that's the first part is how do you structure it? The second part is then what types of products and do they fit the right risk profile and, and things like that. And again, there's not a lot behind that. I mean, sometimes you find people pushing into higher paid products or, or whatever, but you know, that's, it's probably the third part, um, which is the, uh, exactly what products you should, you should go about, uh, you should actually invest in. And that's where you get this, um, the conflict between people in terms of, uh, you know, should you be putting people into products? Should you be advising people to buy your own products? And yeah. so I'm sort of going to keep coming back to those three sort of issues about the structuring, the uh, you know the the types of products you, you're investing in, and, and then um, the the actual product recommendation 
and, and sort of how each one of those three sort of fits into to, to Tim's framework. Okay, sure. But anyway, we'll move first to the Royal Commission and, and what, you, what your thoughts are from there. Yeah, okay, sure. So look, um, obviously I'm a, uh, I guess, a late-blooming uh, financial advisor in the sense that I career progressed or pre- processed or uh, moved from an engineering background into um, advising in, in 2011, I think it was. It's all sort of in the wake of... Uh, the, uh, the future of financial advice reforms that sort of kicked in 2012, 2013. Uh, and a big component of that was um, lifting education standards. And so um, just uh, just recently, and probably less to do with the Commission, and yet intrinsically involved, I think, in some of the outcomes of the, of the uh, Royal Commission, uh, is a, um, a, a set of frameworks, education frameworks, that have come through and only recently... Um, has a, a financial advisor standards and ethics authority been apport, appointed, which is um, known as FASIA in the industry. Uh, we love our acronyms. Um, but the idea with that is that they're, they're now trying to build an, an, an education framework um, as opposed to um, more of an experience framework, which is where advice is probably uh, generally sort of tended to go. It was more about your resume and, and um, your achievements as, a, as an advisor, um, generally how well you were, how good you were at creating revenue, I guess, was probably one component, um, to, to then looking at um, now having to have hard, hard uh, education standards sort of applied. And there's three pathways there yeah. that you can see. So, so see, um, who do they report to? What's the, who's paying for them and... Yeah, look, yeah, well, my understanding is that well, it's, it's certainly I think it's been put together by the government. So there's yeah. sort of a there's a there's a little bit of toing and froing at the moment. And these these frameworks, I might add, um, are, are um, open to um, being uh, consulted upon by by um, the various bodies. And uh, I'm a certified financial advisor, part of the Financial Planning Association, the FBA. And uh, we went along to a, um, a session yesterday where this was obviously a very very hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it was really about okay well where where does the advisor sort of networks of old fit into this new education standard? But mm. I think the idea is that there's supposed to be now um, some more government oversight. For many years, it's been a self-regulating industry on, on yeah. how people can get get in and get out of it. Yep. And so so in terms of penalties, because I mean that's that's the one I think most most. Uh People sitting at home who sort of see all these things pop up and, and banks pay hundreds of millions of dollars in fines and all that type of stuff and nobody ever goes to jail. Or, well, or you know, a few slap on, slap on the wrist and, and somebody goes, oh, okay, don't, you know, you've lost millions of dollars and you, you put all this stuff into it and please don't, you're not allowed to be a financial advisor again. And, and so from, from, I guess, the, the punter sitting back looking at that going, just a minute, somebody steals lots of money and gets away with basically saying go find another industry versus um, actually getting punished for it is, is, has, um, has this board actually got a you know any, any yeah okay well, i think it's still um i think the key the key part about this this whole um fitting into this framework is then you um you're then able to call yourself a financial advisor so without yeah. without actually uh conforming to this framework to this mm. education framework it, it's essentially going to be illegal for you to, to claim the title of a financial advisor or a financial planner Yep, um, that's my understanding of, of of how that works, mm. um, and, and and so by by having that name and and by being able to carry that, you you have also then um, passed the test essentially, or passed passed the minimum standards for mm. for being able to carry that title. Um, where in the past, um, you know, the the ability to call yourself a financial advisor, you were able to because there was there was no prerequisite. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you know Thanks you call yourself you can't call yourself a doctor without you know having the the required education. So this is the the, the direction they're headed with with the advice uh, yeah. community. 
opportunity as well. And, ha- and having looking at that, um, you know, 2024, so we're, we're still talking uh, six years away, it doesn't seem like a um, yeah, well, an, an imminent solution. Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, to play the devil's advocate here, and I guess that's, I suppose I'm, in a sense I'm somewhat the devil, but um, <laughs> calling myself an advisor, but the... Um, the key part here is that you know when you've got a, a you know a collection of individuals you know I think it's you know we're upwards of twenty thousand um, although we'll talk a little bit about what those numbers are going to look like in the future um, there needs to be some time in which to do this and and particularly because um, as you can see at the top of the the the, um, the diagram there that there you know essentially if you don't have a degree or you've got a non-related degree. Um, there is going to be a series of, you know, um, education which typically takes a long time. Part-time um, university, and uh, look, I, I haven't done it myself, but I've, I've been to uni with part-time people, and it takes forever. Like mm. to be able to fit in a, a degree in, in in your spare time, you know, turns a four-year degree into into ten years if you're not careful. So, um, look, I, I think there is there's got to be a timeline, but also there needs to be some firm lines in the sand if if, if you know this stuff's going to stand up. So yeah. Oh well, look, you know, obviously. A good thing that uh, you, you haven't got your sort of uh, your your ex-used car salesman and your suit salesman and all that type of stuff, and your your real estate agents hanging out a shingle and, and calling themselves financial planners. And essentially, that's right. And I think ultimately, um, you know, that that's that's a that, that's a side reason, if anything, for for this. It's going to have um, you know, there's going to be an effect on this where people are going to look at the requirements, like anything, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, well. Um, I, I, can, I find it was probably going to be easier for me to go and do something else rather than to do this. So, you, you, you know, hopefully it's stripping back the core of um, or the, the group of people back to a core of people that actually want to do the right thing mm. and are happy to, to do that. So. And so well, you've got another slide on um, so, education yeah. as well? Yeah, so the next one is um, just essentially as of... Um, so if you're not... The, the previous slide was... Uh, the previous chart was for people that are currently on, on the uh, financial advisor register. Mm. Um, and then this is talking about now for going forward for people uh, looking to enter the industry essentially for for newcomers. Um, key thing here is that you know it's it's moving away from having um, you know non non related degrees and related degrees to now needing an approved degree. Uh, there, there actually hasn't been yet, um, and I believe the FPA and, and all the industry bodies are looking for the list essentially of what what an approved degree is. They're making we're having you know some educated guesses at that, mm. but essentially it's meaning now that a person has to um, almost essentially start start their career at a university sort of level as opposed to perhaps myself who who came from an engineering background and had to get the required um, you know uh, certificates to, to, to go into the planning world now you, you, you almost need to start from a unit you know from day dot at university to go okay I want to be an advisor mm. I need to pick an, an approved degree and then I can move through you know the various um, fascia uh, fascia uh, ethics and bits and pieces to get to, to get at the other end so it, it will make it harder I think going forward for, for advisors um, and it will you know once again it, it will strip back uh, the opportunity for, for people um, to, to become advisors through this way rightly or wrongly um, but at the same time the people that come out the other side you can you could probably be, you know, be quite comfortable and quite confident that they're, they're there for the right reasons so mm-hmm. hopefully that's where they're going well yeah and playing playing the devil's advocate from this end is that uh, they they know what they're doing wrong rather than uh, Rather than making mistakes, making mistakes and not even knowing, you know, that's true. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Whereas uh, you could argue that with, you know, for for some advisors who I've seen, you know, in terms of the the risk they're putting on their clients and and stuff like that in in, in the years gone past, yep, is, is not because they're genuinely trying to do something wrong, but they just don't know what they. Yep, what well, they don't know. Well, that's you know, right. Yeah, they haven't come from a background of knowing this stuff. It's it's, it's been a sales job. 
Yep. And um, so at least now you get to the stage where when somebody does something wrong, it's because they generally they know what the right thing is, or they they have learned it. They just they've decided not to. Uh, and, and that's right. And I think that's um, the emergence or the evolution of the culture of of, of the profession. Essentially, um, I, I think. Yeah, and this is um, in my in my experience, and I've been you know I've been in some majors as well that. Um, when you've got uh, high-performing advisors um, doing, you know, fantastically well, two to three times what everybody else is doing, um, sometimes you've got to stop and think. Well, are they making a decision when they, you know, put a person into this product that it's going to help their monthly target at the end, mm. um, or the end of the month target, or the end of the end of the year target, or um, are they actually looking to, to, you know, create something that um, is is a client-centric piece of advice as well? So hopefully, all this all this work by obviously by doing the wrong thing going forward now. You, you're burning all this this work that you're doing, aren't you? You know, like you're effectively, you know, you, I think now more than ever now the oversight's going to be huge, and we'll talk a little bit about the, what the majors are doing mm. with oversight. Um, and you know, that's going to make people, if anything else, if, if you know, do the right thing. Hopefully, yeah. that's an outcome. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's move further into that. I've got Very my cynical, set, I've got my set of skepticism, but yeah, let's go into. <laughs> no, fair enough. So we'll jump into. Um, Obviously, some some misadvice, uh, well, certainly some 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 revelations that have come out through the uh, the Royal Commission. So, uh, obviously, AMP have been caught lying to uh, the corporate regulator, um, and that was that's not an advisor level, by the way. That's a management level. Um, <laughs> so, there's some cover up there that's going to uh, to kind of come out. Uh, fees for no service was a key one there, um, and and lying about that. CBA um, being taking a lion's share of uh, to over two hundred million dollars worth of uh, compensation paid over the last decade. Um, to 310,000 uh, financial advice customers. Uh, and then finally, um, a, a smaller player in the market, uh, Sam Henderson, uh, being hauled over the coals for what I see actually as a, as a mistake that was made that's um, obviously now caught him out. But unfortunately, at the same time, it, it, it uncovered a lot of other things that he probably could have done a lot better and he probably knew about as well. So um, anyway, that, they're, mm. they're my thoughts. I, you know. Yeah, well, it does, it does come back as well. There's, there's been a few um, people commenting on this, in, you know, about saying, well, this obviously all the, all the big guys are starting to move out. Um, and the small guys are probably no better. It's it's probably that uh, well, well, it's hard to say. There are there definitely are some some small guys that are better, but but you know the, the if there's if there's things being done wrong, the big ones, and the question is, does that mean that this when all the big guys move out, all the problems will go away, or does it actually just mean that now we've actually got lots of small problems? Creates a vacuum. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that's that's come out um, through some of the commentary, and I think even at the Royal Commission um, through some of the big guys that you know by by removing a couple of big heads, you know, many smaller ones will will appear. Um, mm. But I think this is going back once again to that core problem of vertical integration and, and aligned advice. Yep. Um, which leads us nicely into into um, our next slide. So this was uh, just a quick chart of a of an ASIC study they did over the last couple of years, looking at mainly the big guys. From what what I understand, um, big four banks and AMP, uh, and essentially found that seventy five percent of the advice given uh, in house uh, in these vertical uh, aligned platforms. And for those um, that aren't aware, but a vertical aligned is obviously when you've got a, a planning unit attached to a to a product, essentially. So they're there to more or less to recommend, you know, the product. Um, mm. And so what they found was obviously that a lot of the advice that was coming through, three quarters of the advice that was coming through, um, was not was not compliant um, in the best interest duty of of, of the the client themselves, um, and for varying reasons. Um, but a lot of the time, it had to do with the fact that uh, you know people were being blindly referred or recommended in-house products um, without a, a full and fair uh, justification and review of, 
A, where they currently are, which is quite often uh, omitted, um, and also looking at other products that are available in the um, in the market. So, the, and this sort of leads into, um, I guess, a, a, you know, a mass a mass exodus. I think we're sort of starting to see here on. Um, all the big four have been in the process of selling down. Now, whether or not they've seen the writing on the wall or um, these businesses have just hit their peak and they, they don't see any, any mm. you know, green shoots in, in where it's going, um, I'd leave, I'll leave that one up to you to, to make your own decision. But, you know, but essentially all the, you know, well, from what I've read anyway, that, you know, the majority, well, if not all of the, the big banks um, are, are just madly chopping away at their uh, their advice businesses and their and their life businesses as well yeah so i mean it's a, it's, it's a question to me all this always comes back to your question of remuneration and, and incentives could because as soon as you as soon as you tell people i'm going to pay i'm going to pay you like a salesman but i'd like you to act like a like an engineer yep then the chances are you're going to get salesmen yep. in, in there as you said the people who are doing two and three times and so, and then when you tell those same salesmen, I want you to do the, I want you to do a good job and compare, um, you know, my internal fund versus these external funds, but and, and make sure you do it properly. But by the way, if you if you put them into an internal fund, I'll pay you thirty percent more. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's it's not hard to to work out why these incentives, the things things end up the way they end up. I guess mm. is my, where I'm coming from. Uh, and look, it is. It's it's tough. I've worked in 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 um in the you know in the big. Big, uh, big, big licensees, for, for want of a better word, and um, you know they're as, as as holistic as you can try to be. Mm-hmm. Um, even just simply because it's a lot easier um, to to use products that are you know uh, that are around the corner, you know. And, mm-hmm. and when you're in, you know, and this is, you know, a big component of it is that when you've got a lot of clients, you're looking after. Um, you know, a lot of demand, um, plus you're trying to find new clients um, and you've got the opportunity to ring up, you know, a buddy of yours two floors up to, to sort out a problem that's come up easily versus having to hack your way through another um, institution's security and all the rest of it in order to fix things up or if, you know, yeah. or to check on something or to move yeah. something around and rebalance and doing all these things. So it's sort of the, the alignment thing, it's, it's not just purely, a, you know, the, the devil of, of the salesman, but also the fact that it comes with all these benefits that make, a, a, you know, that make an advisor's life a lot easier. So, yeah. it's, you know, and that's, yeah. that's just a, a fact, a simple fact of, yeah. of how it works. Yeah, and, so, and, and absolutely. So it's that thought, isn't it, that if you've got, uh, so if I'm managing two or three hundred clients and, and I've got a bunch in Aussie equities and I've, I've got it with three or four main Aussie equity funds, I can ke- easily keep an eye on all those. But if, I've, if those clients all came with their own with their own industry funds and their own other funds that I haven't rolled them out and I've left them all in the same funds, then now I've got to follow you know, 30, 40, 50 different funds trying to work out what's up and what's down and why this one and this, uh, this one having management problems or, or what have you. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and the, the other thing too is that the you know going back to this sort of referring in-house products is that um, over time the the products that you know in terms of benefits and features and all these sort of bits and pieces um, you know that it's quite difficult to discern an, a, a real a real benefit if that makes sense now you know part of an advisor's job is to certainly if to try and uh, help people avoid the pitfalls of high fee loads and high fee you know high fee loads and um, what's the word I'm looking for big commission products mm. which is getting easier and easier over time i think most people can just google and find that stuff out these days yeah. um through forums and chat rooms and everything else um but then you've got the the component of actually servicing the client and and, and having you know not just having your day filled up with admin administration all the time um and that's where that that vertical alignment piece you know just sort of sings quite nicely into into the job description of an advisor mm. i'm saying that that's 100 percent correct all the time yep. um but at the same time it, it you know it, it 
it's just a fact of, of being part of a vertical alignment. It's just mm. part of that. So, yeah. Now, so stepping into the the rest of the yeah, the, sure. The sector. So, um, I just I just quickly break up. Um, so this is uh, a breakdown of the number of advisors uh, last year in the uh, in the major planning group. So there's only uh, six, just a touch over six thousand out of the twenty two thousand or twenty eight percent sitting in this um, chart. But the interesting part of it is that they all largely sit in in major institutions. So they're all aligned. Um, <laughs> hmm. um, Charter being uh, AMP and Count being uh, the Commonwealth Bank as well. Um, so. You know the the point of it all here is that um, it, you know the, the the it's very easy to tarnish the you know the the whole advisory group um, with with the, with the with the same brush and um, you know you know I'm part of a small group of um, of new new coming advisors um, and you know up up and coming the youth advisors I guess um, without saying it, their name out loud but you know look you know the key part about that is that they. They, you know, there's a lot of pushback now from this alignment. There's a lot of, you know, people mm. see that they've or they've come, they've gone and worked at a bank, and they've quickly realised, as I did when I was working in the in my earlier parts of my career, that this is not what I wanted to do. Mm. You know, if you if you're trying to do the right thing by the client, but you've got a boss that's wanting something else, or his boss that's wanting something else, then it's not going to be great uh, and long-term relationship or helpful to your career. Mm. And I think we can see that now. So this is um this is just a really fresh chart from um from an AFR article today, but it shows um, essentially that there has been uh, a slow movement uh, away from the alignment, uh, which is the red and the, and the black, uh, and, and essentially uh, the privately owned. And whilst, the, you know, as, as Damien mentioned before, um, privately owned can come with its own problems as well, but it, it shows that, you know, over in, even in the last four years, um, you know, it's nearly doubled the amount that have moved from... Um, from the you know the aligned space or the you know the the, the overarching uh, <laughs> big four and 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 um, those large licensees to to the, the independently owned so you know without the catalyst of the royal commission um, and I expect that to probably increase dramatically next year um, but without the catalyst it's it sort of shows that there are um, people looking to um, to get away from the, those alignment issues mm. um, and just finally. Um, one of the, one of the other big things that sort of come out was uh, uh, once again an article today, which is quite timely, was um, that a, a, a ratings uh, called advisor ratings or a website that allows you to, to or clients to put independent reviews of and reports of, uh, of advisors on there. Um, they released a report that revealed that uh, over half um, of the advisors that they they've obviously um, had in had a, had a survey of uh, were looking to exit the sector, uh, which um, May speak volumes to the, uh, the you know the the impost of having to follow these new education standards. Um, it may just find that people are finding the job too hard and compliance is too hard, and there's um, there's a, you know easier opportunities and ways to make money out out there as well. But I, I suppose the key part is there that we've got a declining advisor base and a um, a rising wealth base of the country, and you can see uh, with the wealth sector there, uh, 2.8 trillion uh, estimated to go you know to to nine and a half in 2035. Um, so the question remains on, you know, how, how's that? What's what's that landscape going to look like? Are advisors yeah. going to are the, the resultant advisors going to become incredibly busy, <laughs> um, or you know, what 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 can be done to the industry to make sure that this is being serviced correctly and, and you know everyone's getting a good outcome? I guess, and obviously the client being the main focus there. Yeah, and it seems to speak that uh, you know cost needs to go up. I suppose in terms of in terms of the advice, if you if you want to attract more people to it, but but the flip side is, uh, in a low return world, obviously the the higher absolutely you're paying you know one percent starts to make a 
if they were doing sort of five six percent per annum makes yep. a pretty big dent in uh, absolutely yeah. yeah look and and and, that, and that's a key thing you know the, the, the advice has to be affordable um and there's i suppose there's two ways to do it you, you either um you know you either get more advisors or you, you you get more on your plate so there's more um volume coming in so that you can you can do you know you can be cheaper i guess essentially like a supply and demand sort of model the demand's certainly going to come um or you, i guess the other way is you try and cut costs and you and you find quicker and easier ways of being able to service your clients and and and, you know, and get more and more of you know use more technology perhaps to 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 help keep your cost you know drive your costs down as well. Yep. Um, finally, uh, the uh, oh, sorry, not finally, well, just finally on the current advice uh, or secondary on the current advice snapshot. I just thought I'd bring up um, an overview of. of who actually gets advice in Australia at the moment. Um, and as you can see there, the lion's share is obviously in the retired space. Um, it's, it, it, that, that's, so, that, so just for people listening in, uh, what we're looking at is just a, a, the number of Australians seeking financial advice by age group and just looking at that, uh, I think when you, when you look at the percentage of age groups advised, uh, the 65 plus, there's only 16% of them advised, but it's, but it's one of the largest numbers. Uh, and then you're 23 percent of your uh, 55 to 64. I guess your transition to enti- retirement type people and the people who are either just retiring or, or just about to retire are the ones who I guess are seeking the advice the most. But but you hit back to the 20 to 35 year olds and only four percent. That's right. Yeah. And, and look, this sort of I think marries into um, you know my experiences. But the clients that I've had would certainly sit in those upper age upper age ranges. Um, they're they're sort of getting probably. Now, essentially, this is where the you know, as, as an advisor, they're getting um, less of a performance sort of styled investment sort of styled outcome, and more of a security and a trust sort of relationship, which is, I think, the, the yeah. bread and butter, and we'll head definitely head in that direction for face-to-face advising, yeah. um, where people who aren't familiar with the internet and and want to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody and want to be able to you know discuss their their life plans and and have those put in yeah. place, um, or their retirement plans put in place. Yeah. Well, and and. I guess part of this though comes about from um, you know we've added so Australia's added compulsory super um, you know and and which puts us in a in a good position versus most other economies that that are that are just paying out pensions effectively and and so they've got these big unfunded liabilities and all this whereas we've said no no we're going to put this in so people can afford their own retirement the issue is uh, that it's complicated and if you're just getting a pension I don't have to worry about it things I just show up you know, I finish my work and, and that's it. I'm done, and now now can I have my pension, please? Whereas when you say to people, manage your own, you're actually saying, okay, plus I know it's complicated, and we keep changing the rules every couple of years or every couple of governments. So um, you almost you almost need to bake that into your your forecast about saying, yeah, I'm going to give you all this superannuation, but I also need to account for the fact we're going to, have to take some of it back because it's complicated, and and so absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and, and look, you know, the key thing is that not, you know. Look, you know, there was an old saying I remember back at one of my licensees where the question was, who, you know, who, who needs an advisor or who, who needs advice? And, and the, the correct answer was everyone needs advice, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think... Which is a shame. It, well, yeah, well, it's, it's, but it depends on the, on the, on the, on the grade of advice and, 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 how it's sort of, and how it's made available and the cost, mm. effectively. There's no point paying more for something if you, you know, you, you're not going to get a benefit back in, in some form. That's just common sense. And, um, but then it's again about saying, well, what mediums do I have in my, you know, in my disposal to be able to service various needs um, and still get a, a good outcome or, you know, or at least leave the client in a better, <laughs> a better you know, condition or state um, mm. situation than... Um, than before the engagement because that's a, you know that's a minimum standard yeah. um, 
but yeah, look, uh, uh, the other the other thing I just thought we'd have uh, sort of just quickly touch on was that. Um, we sort of Damien said before, but the twenty to thirty-five, you know, a very low percentage of, um, of under advice at four percent, um, and thirty-five to forty-four, uh, only thirteen percent. But of course, then we've got this um, situation where uh, there is, you know, a significant sort of amount of the population. And what I've got on the screen here is a um, Australia in twenty sixteen, what they call a population bulge that shows. Um, you know the the various age brackets and the amount of people um, population in those age brackets, and you can sort of see there that there is there is a pretty significant amount of people you know in that sort of you know twenty five to to forty range. That's that's the peak. That's the head of the bulge um, that will be moving through into potentially into needing advice. That's I guess, and that's the point of what I'm trying to make with this diagram. So faced with the um, you know or within the face of a declining advisor number. Mm. Um, what's it going to look like? You know, how 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 is advice going to take shape now um, to, in order to service these people that in five years' time and ten years' time are going to be either seeking advice somehow or trying to go it themselves and you yeah. know, do it on their own? Okay, so so can I before we jump into the future? Sure. So can I just summarise? I guess where I guess what I've taken from the from from your discussion so far is that uh, so financial planners have got problems with with. Uh, the structure of it and, and particularly in terms of vertical integration is one issue that needs to be resolved and that yep. seems to be resolved from the banks all selling down and so we'll to probably agree. yeah that's the well it's just the, the tip of the iceberg but it's a pretty mm. big tip yeah <laughs> and so it looks like we'll end up with a bunch of independent planners uh, on the flip side uh, we also have as I said almost half the the planners actually looking to exit and all these extra uh, uh, education standards coming in and so uh, there's going to have to be a big pl- replenishment of financial planners if, if we're going to deal with the massive amount of money that's that's coming in the other side. So we've sort of got this financial planners shrinking and making it harder uh, and more regulation and on the flip side, more money coming in. And so um, so we're sort of left in this quandary about uh, how can we provide good, good advice to, to everyone uh, with when, you know, even under, condi- under current conditions, which is sort of more laissez-faire conditions, you'd expect, to, to be able to service lots more people, but we're still not we're still only servicing you know ten fifteen percent of the population, mm. and um, so there's a lot of people not getting financial advice, uh, and and obviously the, the the royal commission isn't helping. Well, that, well, that's right. Well, yeah, I think it was you know essentially, uh, unfortunately, it was the royal commission we had to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, look, I and uh, coming back as I mentioned before, but my my, my entrance. To um, advice was really in the um, in the vacuum that was caused by um, the future of financial advice reforms in 2012. So mm. um, the licensee that I started with um, realised that you know there was going to be a bit of an exodus at that point and started hiring, and that's you know essentially how I, I did the transition into into advice. And um, I, I suggest there's probably you know potentially going to be something like that happening again in the near future, mm. um, if another wave of people that aren't now um, happy to um, hold themselves to the the education standards um, for whatever reason, a big pushback has been um, for a number of advisors is they feel like they've got the experience, um, which I'm certainly sure they do, but under this new framework now they've got to go go to uni, and if you've been advising for thirty years you're in the last five years of your career mm. and you've got to go and do a three-year university course for two years' worth of work, yeah. you're going to bring that forward. That's just common sense. Yep. Um, so it has put people in, 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 a, in a bit of a spot. So um, I guess that, that does sort of roll us into, into uh, the future of advice. And I just sort of throw up just some sort of broad areas um, that people typically go to advice for. Um, and, and I've sort of essentially I've probably put them somewhat in, in age order here in the fact that um, in the early days the sort of the savings and, and budgeting help 
um, to sort of get yourself established, um, insurance, um, sort of protecting yourself and, and young families. Um, investment as you sort of perhaps roll off paying off a mortgage if you're lucky enough to do that um, in, in this century. Yeah. Um, and then obviously retirement planning and state planning and aged care. And there's, there's sort of, and I think you, you certainly, you nailed it at the start there, Damien, that this, there's always two components here. There's a strategy and a structure and getting that right for people that aren't you know, able to do, the, do it themselves. Great, mm. great reason for advice. But then quite often it is coupled to a product of some description. Um, so, you know, insurance, you need to find insurance. Um, products and policies yeah. that suit the situation. You've got, you know, investments, you've got to find the investments in the mix and the, and and, the asset allocation. And that was what I was just about to, to put on is that, you know, the savings budgeting help, uh, you know, there's no, there's, there's no one really, I, I guess maybe there's some, there's some software programs and things like that to help you, but there's not, there's not really this big product push out there in terms of those. Uh, from the insurance side, there's a bunch of big life insurers who are basically saying, I have a product which is relatively complex and hard to sell. Yep. So I need somebody to sell it, mm. and I need it face to face because I need them to fear of God, people yep. into saying, you know, what happens to your wife and kids if this happens, or what happens to, you know, there's there's all that type of, um, it's a product that unfortunately needs to be sold. It does, it does. You're and, right. And so they're basically saying, well, how do I get? I need to get my product out to all these people, and if I can't pay these guys like a salesman, then yep. I know they're not going to. If I have to pay them like an engineer, they're not going to push my product. Yep. And so I want to reward all these guys like an engineer. Whereas from the from the other side, you're a, as a, as a customer, you, you need to be looking at this and saying, well, yeah, but I don't want my guy, you know, I don't want him to put me into the life insurance product that's that pays the biggest commission. Sure, I want him to pay into to the one that's best for me. Yeah, yep, and, and then and then coming through that sort of fits for the investment guys as well. Um, retirement planning, not as much. It's really just a fight against the tax man there. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a, okay. Yep, <laughs> and, and estate planning, I guess, is a similar type of thing. There's a bit of legals, but the legals are generally a fixed. You know, a fixed fee legals, but there's not. Um, yeah, and and, not... There, and there is a there's a component here of um, of setup and then and maintenance, I guess, essentially in in the advice mm. relationship. Um, and certainly, um, for oh, look, you, you could say it for all of them easily. Um, but the um, insurance um, and investment and probably uh, estate planning to a degree, as people change, you know, lifestyle lives change, and you know, people drop in and out of wills, etc. So it's and it's about pricing that and, and you're not you, you sort of you touched on something interesting there before with the insurance. So insurance still sits in this you know this commission based environment and they're still not, not too sure what they're going to do about it because it needs to be sold. Yeah. It's one of those things where um, if there's a tax benefit or you're going to make money out of it, people will run into your door. Yeah. If you've got to pay money to protect yourself against something that happens in the future that may not happen, then you've got to go out and find people and, you know, and, and, and make them think about it at least. Maybe not sell, sell to them, but have, have a product available if they find that, you know, that now they've thought about it, they want it. So that's why I view insurance. Mm. But um, the key thing there was that, you know, after the, um, the uh, future of financial advice, the investment commission side was stripped out. And so that got that got knocked on the head, um, whereas the insurances remained for the last sort of five six years. And insurance commissions are big. They well, they have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And they are loaded. They're yeah. loaded up. And look, I've, I know advisors who um, who actually take that load out as a you know they strip the the commission out, which mm. you know quite often drops the, the cost of the insurance by um, upwards of you know twenty to thirty um, yeah. percent as a as a long term sort of premium um, cost. Mm. 
And but, um, but as, as an advisor, if you're looking to put somebody into an insurance product, sure. What type of fees are we talking? Does well, this it, is it. Well, this is where you've got to say for those for people that are in that position, um, and, and, and guys I know that, that do exactly that that strip out the the commissions on insurance. One of the good things is it, it can make a client um, quite sticky to you because if they go elsewhere, they'll probably load load them up with the commissions again. So they've got yeah. a good price. Yep. Um, but, but the flip side of it is that normally that that would be built into a, a holistic plan where obviously they need to make money they've got to keep the lights on in the office mm. um so they'd be looking at you know help you know creating a, an ongoing service plan or something yeah. with, you know for the clients but other if, areas. if you're a typical i don't know 30 to 50 year old yep. with a million dollars uh looking for a million dollars worth of life insurance or something like that to cover your mortgage mm-hmm. or you know half half million to a million to cover yeah, your yeah. mortgage and mm-hmm. get your kid through, through yep, school yep, and stuff spot on. um in terms of commissions like we're talking thousands of dollars for oh easily yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 That's and right. so that's yeah. So it's not a. I guess what I'm trying to get to with this is, um, there there is a big incentive to to sell these products in terms of say if I can get one person across the line, I might get five or ten grand. Yeah. As a, as a commission. That's right. In my first year and and a trail on that. That's so right. That's obviously. That's a that's a big sell for people. Uh, absolutely, and 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 that's where um, they they are tinkering with that a little bit now. There's been some reforms with the life insurance, um, the way that it um, essentially is remunerated, uh, and they're looking at smoothing that out. Perhaps so, rather than having one big upfront, which is quite often how you can take your commission as a, as an advisor, mm. um, forcing people into these more hybrid, um, ongoing sort of smaller commission amounts. So it keeps. It, uh, well, two things is uh, one, it sort of stems um, what's called churning, where you change over, you know, new policies every few years, and you get a big hit of, yep. of commission. Um, and and rather it goes, okay, well, this is a, you know, it's going to be a long term proposition for my clients, so I'll I'll pick, I'll do the homework a little bit more, perhaps, um, or start doing the homework, <laughs> however mm. the case may be, because mm. I know that I'm going to have this, you know, smaller ongoing revenue stream as long as they're happy with the product, and ultimately, you know, if it, if it works for them, then they'll they'll you know, potentially keep paying and, and be a client. So, mm. um, but we, you know, we've spoken a lot about that that sort of product angle, and um, I guess I've, I've just got this sort of rough graph here of, of, of what I've sort of seen um, some advisors, not all, um, as a as a product distributor in the in their current form. Um, and I think that um, what what's going to happen. And now, when you say a product distributor, you basically mean. People- Investment companies come to them and say, "Can you please sell my fund or my whatever?" And they take a commission on it and sell it to. Oh, to probably advisors. probably even more so than that. So this is more of your aligned advisor who gets a, mm. you know gets paid a salary, mm. um, and has a certain target that they need to reach. You know, be it two, three, four years down the track. Otherwise, they're probably going to be moved on. Yeah. Um, so effectively, they're just the the sales force, as, as we've said before, of of you know of whatever um, you know uh, product or product provider that they're they're sort of working for. Mm. Um, I think the the big thing with the royal commission now is it's going to um, it's going to change that so now it's going to be saying okay well you as the advisor um, are going to have you know the culpability of what you're recommending so yep. we're going to try and remove the alignment angle so you, you don't feel compelled to you know um, potentially you know recommend the same products all the time because it so happens you work for them um, but instead turn into um, someone who needs to review and assess you know products in the market and this is this is a really tough sort of um, job now to be in because rather than saying okay I know the best I know the the pros and cons of a handful of products for for a product you know for a product provider or a couple of product providers you know what do you do as a as a as an independent advisor do you say okay well now I've got to sit down and research every product that's available in the market yeah <laughs> and, and to, put, to put that into perspective as well you know even something as simple as uh as uh 
exchange-traded funds. I think there's more exchange-traded funds now than stocks in a number of different markets just sure. because you can break it up so many different ways and yep. there's so many different product providers trying to add a, add a clipper fee and, and, and get these low-cost fees out for saying, well, if somebody wants to buy you know, this particular sector, great, I'll bundle it up for them and, and, and manage that for them. So, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah well, and, and that's the whole thing. It, it, and, and then it becomes, okay, well, what's my focus as an advisor? Am I going out and driving outcomes for my client and finding new clients, which is a big part, you know, probably 60 or 70% of a, of a young advisor's day is, is, you know, client generation, finding clients and finding um, finding avenues of getting clients, mm. um, c- coupled with the fact that now I need to know absolutely everything about the strategies and legalities and, and you know, complex tax, you know, and, and you know, <laughs> um, mm. changes to superannuation. Mm. And then I also need to be on top of my product as well. So, you know, it's a big job. Um, and I think ultimately it's, it's you know, it's, it, someone's going to need to pay for that if um, you haven't got, you know, a licensee paying for it. And I guess that sort of moves into... Um, an area I think that, that that's probably that may or may not take off. Now this has sort of been um, thrown about. I didn't think of this actually. Um, Alex uh, Vikovic from the IFA. Um, hi, Alex, if you're listening, um, <laughs> uh, brought this brought this one um, to my attention. But I, I actually think this is a, this is a potential of where advice could go, where um, they sort of we'll, we'll touch on we'll, we'll touch on the other the first one in a moment. But the the financial advisor slash planner designation as it sits under the um, the new education standards mm-hmm. um, and all the rest of it will will bring the ability for a, an advisor to have a holistic advice um, ability. Um, but will will not be aligned. Will be fully independent, whatever that actually looks like in terms of a gold standard. Um, they won't have commissions or, or you know be subsidised in any way. But of course, they're going to need to charge more. Um, and so, I think for a um, for for a person you know that, that's wanting the, the best outcome for themselves and and really knows nothing, this is this is probably where they're going to need to head now. They're going to need to say, okay, I want to you know, here's my goals. And I want you to go and find products and, and build me a big plan, and I'm happy to pay, you know, quite a bit up front. Whether or not it's ongoing as well, I guess is up to the, you know, the the, the yeah. outcome of the advice and the needs of the advice. But then, I, I think there may and, and, and putting that into perspective yeah, as sure. well. Like if I'm if I'm a high net worth individual, um, you know, and and I'm I'd, I'd like to hire a an accountant, or I'd like to hire a lawyer. Um, I don't turn up to those accountants or, and lawyers and say, well, can I give you a percentage of everything I've got in order to, to do all my legals for me or to do all my accountancy for me. Yep. And so if it's just a, if it's if it's advice, you know, the question is, you know, if I hire these guys on an hourly rate, well, why can't I hire yeah. a, a finance specialist? Absolutely. Hourly, oh, look, and there's rate. there's many mm. people out there that, that do um, hourly hourly rate work, and it, mm. the you know the the pricing um, the pricing is always going to need to be reviewed. I think you know yep. the way that people do um, price what they do. Um, but I think the other side of it is that I mean, it, you know the expectation needs to be now that that um, clients you know are going to have to pay for it. And I think moving from the older line space where and I, and this is going back before I started, but you know advice was largely free, you know because mm. there were that many commissions and you know um, percentage loads that we, you know, for products and especially investment products that, yeah. you know, you could get all the advice you wanted for nothing because you're paying 4% a year yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the other end. And, and, <laughs> and, and the argument from a lot of, a lot of the people is, uh, going forward about, the, about all the reforms is saying, oh, but we'll, you know, if we do this, we'll have to charge for advice and all these people won't get advice that really should get advice. Mm. And, and the flip side is saying, well, yeah, but the only reason they're getting advice is because you're getting a massive commission on it. So, <laughs> you know, I'd, the fact that my, my used car salesman is giving me great advice about which car... Yep. I should be buying, you know, is not something, you know, you know, that, that I really should be taking into heart that, 
you know, isn't that great advice? And, and if if I have to pay that guy by the by the hour, that you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get that same great advice about which car to to, to throw me into. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and I, well, and that sort of leads me into the, the the second part. And this is potentially a new role that that may um, arise or may be sort of given um, some leeway, perhaps from a from an alignment sort of um, you know from the well from the the general feel of the of the royal commission and, and where they're sort of headed, but. You know, there, there's a sense for mine that I think that there may be, um, you know, a, a role created that you can't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you'd be able to call yourself financial advisor or a planner, mm-hmm. but you'd be able to call yourself, um, or the term would be like a product facilitator, sort of sense in, in of the word. So, you're already in the in the product, or you come to the the company because you like the company, you trust the company, and you and you want to use the company. So, they, you, mm-hmm. so it gives you. It, it, it'd be a limited sort of. Um, Process in the sense, and it's got like without dipping too much into your used car salesman. Maybe I'll use the um, <laughs> use the term new car salesman. But you know, if you, you you know you like Ford, you're a Ford man. You go into a Ford dealership, you know you're going to get a Ford. Yep. You might get you know get a new Ford. They're going to weigh up and they're going to say, oh, you know, this this and the other, and they'll they'll tweak it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 intrinsic in the sense that you know you know what you're going to get at the other end from a product point of view. Yes. But what you do is you want to make sure that you're being set up correctly in that product. Mm. So clearly defined from okay, find the best product for me to okay, I, I, this is what I need from you guys. I'm happy to use you guys um, and give me some advice, some quality advice yep. that gets the most out of the, you know what you've got in front of you. So, yeah. and, and and I think coming back to my what what I started with my three sort of lines, I think what we're saying there, what you're saying there is okay. So there's this structuring part, which which either of them can do because there's not a lot of um, you know. Uh, it's us versus the government, so yep, yep. <laughs> in terms of tax and, and and stuff like that. So there's not there's not a lot of conflicts there. There's the what types of products should you be buying, and either one of those, so that the the Ford guy can tell right, you know, I need to put you into a small one versus I need to put you into an eight seater or you know yeah. whatever it is. Um, and it's that third part though about which products should I buy. Is that the facilitator is hasn't got the designation that you, you don't feel as if I'm you know you're turning up to a car salesman absolutely yeah and, and, when and you see that whereas when you see the financial advisor you say okay now I'm now I'm speaking to you know the the doctor or the the lawyer who's who's not is in it, incentivized yeah. to absolutely not incentivized to me into <laughs> yeah. whatever well. medicines or or whatever they're that's right, and I think um, because you know that would give because the, the the other side the flip side of this is that um, and this is you know rightly or wrongly might might be the landscape where um, products will just you know will just disappear, you know, and the, and the, only the strongest will survive. Now the strongest may be the best for some for one person, might be you know it's probably not going to be the best. It's always good to have choice, right? Mm. So if you're giving if through the legislation or the way it all sort of pans out, you're giving product providers the ability to internally get the best for their clients. Um, and 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 not call themselves advisors and no passing off you know that this is an independent thing and all the rest of it. Mm. Then I think that then ultimately then um, you know product product development will, will continue. Otherwise, we're just going to end up with Amazon Super uh, mm. <laughs> or something that's going to be worth you know be so cheap that no one can recommend anything else <laughs> because yeah. it will it won't be you know as an in, independent advisor you're not doing the right thing by the client. So yeah. that's a scary bit. So with um and and we spoke we've spoken before off offline about uh, this sort of gold star designation that yep. that some of the so can you just uh, so so for people who haven't heard about that that's there's a type of financial planner already that's sort of designated as a as a uh, as a gold star financial planners, uh, can you sort of go a little bit into to to what they provide? Uh, yep, sure. So um, are they already down this line? I guess one. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So there's a um, there's a uh, the uh, independent 
Independent Advisors Association, I think it is, IPAA. They're, they're renaming it at the moment. Um, but they, uh, they, they've basically created their own uh, steps, which is essentially that they're you know, obviously being completely um, unaligned and in, uh, have an independent licence, uh, not getting commissions in any way. Um, they, do, they go another step where they don't charge um, a, a fund-based or an asset-based fee on that, so it's, yep. a, it's a fixed fee um, as well, which um, you know, is an interesting one, and, and, and it's growing now. I remember actually this um, uh, FPA thing yesterday, I was talking with an advisor, we were talking about exactly this, um, IF, IFAAA it is, IFAAA, and, um, the, uh, and we were saying the way that it was, I think there was about nine uh, five years ago and now there's like 150 or something that, you know, yeah. so obviously people are, there's, there's demand for it and people are heading in that direction. So I think, that, you know, look, that's, that's a good example. Mm. Of, of potentially where it's going to go, yep. um, and I think for most people that have you know that have had a bad advice experience, that are sick of the aligned, um, you know the aligned nature, and and they just want the the gold standard, so to speak, that they know that you know that people are part of this. Mm. Um, you know that's that's potentially you know an area where people are going to head. Absolutely, yep. yeah, sure thing. Finally, um, the, the the I guess and just to sort of wrap it all up the. You know, and this is a new, I guess, one of these there's a new paradigms in advice, I suppose they call it. But um, the 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 now that the technology advances that are coming through uh, on the way that people can in, engage advice, um, and I think there's always going to be uh, a role for a face-to-face traditional advisor in in some uh, element, um, in you know, however that sort of pans out. But people just like having a face; they like having a phone number. Um, and you know, there's just always going to be that segment of the community that um, you know is not 110% on the internet on 24/7. Yep. Um, and so uh, you know, that's that's going to be there. And then the, the next component being sort of this robo advice. And look, we we use robo advice um, in you know to a degree in, in what we do at Nucleus Wealth. Um, and it's very limited in what it does. It's you've got to you've got to shape it, um, and you've got to you know set the expectation that this is exactly what it does. And I'm very happy you know to, to take it on these ba- on this limited basis. And and we're, you know that's an easy way for us to provide um, you know our investment uh, risk profile and, and recommendations on on our own internal stuff through there. Um, and then what we're seeing now is um, so obviously the robot advice piece is, is is blown up in in the states over the last sort of ten years, sort of post GFC. Um, but the the flip side of that now is that um, it was an interesting fact that sort of came out the other day was that the um, these big these big uh, robo advisors so better uh, betterment and uh, wealthfront wealthfront a couple of them they've got Vanguard a massive one as well they're actually now finding that their uh, their client list is is has moved from the robo advice initial sort of okay get me up and running and let's you know let's get get some assets going to now needing um, some form of human intervention and and you know that sort of side of things so uh, this is this is now brought on the fact that these guys are now the, the biggest net hirers of <laughs> financial advisors yeah. in, in the country um, because they're saying well we've got this need that, that can't be serviced through through our you know our online portal or our you know our um, algorithmic sort of style that we do things yeah. um, and so they're brought into this new this new sort of hybrid model and, and I suspect as sort of t- touching on before with um, the, the work that's now ahead of a, an advisor that wants to call themselves independent and research all these things is they're going to start needing to look potentially at some of this automation um, in, 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 in the more sort of the easier sort of low-hanging fruit sort of parts of um, engagement, you know, in terms of being able to, for a client to be able to log in and do things themselves and at all hours so that they don't have an email list in the morning that they've got to go and change a few addresses and do all this admin. Yep. Um, and so, you know, for me... Or well, for mine, or, or you end up with people on that list who can afford to pay for it, who are happy to say, yeah, I'll, you know, yeah. change this stuff for me at X dollars per hour or whatever I'm on a retainer for to, yeah. to do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
But it's also then having um, potentially partnerships with uh, with with uh, product providers that can give can take some of that load away from from a you know an independent advisor and say okay well let's get you back to focusing um, you know on, on what matters to you which is great outcomes for your clients so mm. very good yeah and, and and I think you know from from my perspective uh, you know I'm, I'm producing an investment product and you know you you like people to be selling that investment product for you. I mean, it's having more more advisors taking your your product and, and selling it rather than less is, is is obviously important. But the question is, you don't want to be in you don't want to be in this uh, in a bidding war to sort of you don't want your client you don't want your end clients going well if I load if I load it up with an extra one percent so that all these extra other people will sell it for me because it's got such great fees such great commissions from it. Yep. But then the end client actually doesn't end up with a, a product that's with the, with all the with any benefit, yeah, that's right. They're, they're, well, they're losing you know X percent per per year by by having these people. So it is it's about trying to come up with that model where you can, um, yeah, where you can be people can be selling your product for you, but but you don't feel as if they're they're just sitting there you know stealing from the margin and and they're actually they're adding value and the fact that they're they're putting people into your product is a is a, ben, a net beneficiary. And so I think that's where we're certainly trying to work out this the part for us is that as you said we've got this robo advice side of it but um there's an acknowledgement that people want to need to speak to people. Absolutely. Um, just to just to clarify stuff and 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 most people don't actually need, you know, day by day or month by month. Most people are just every few years, you yeah. know, check back in and 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 those types of things and and how can you provide a model to these people that um, doesn't run into these vertically integrated because you know so it's about trying to separate that advice to go well as you said before once you've chosen to buy a forward okay now we want to give you the best possible yeah. decision whether you want to hold or forward or or yeah. Toyota or whatever leave that up to you or your dad yeah. or whoever or we'll, you know, we can help you with the lining them up you know here's, yeah. here's what's different but in the end that's your you know that's that's the decision people need to come back but might, you know, probably going to need to make themselves or make with a with an independent, a fully independent advisor. That's right. And, and look, you know, it, and one of the key things for us is, you know, given um, everything here and, and obviously just not wanting to fall into that trap of this of this vertical alignment sort of advice is that, you know, we, we, we now are in the position where we're looking for advisors that, that mm-hmm. want to, you know, run the ruler over our product. Um, and so if there's any advisors out there or if, you, if you've got a good advisor, mm-hmm. um, please, please get in touch um, to essentially, you know, I'm very happy to have a chat because... For, for, for our goal here is to really create a product that someone that that isn't being paid, that isn't aligned, wants to recommend to their client. To us, I think that's that's the perfect scenario for for what we're trying to do in in um, the creation of our models and yeah. our uh, our platform with Ab- as well. Absolutely, and you're not saying, well, I had a two-hour conversation with somebody ten years ago, and he's still taking a clip, yeah, because he sends me an email every year. Yep. it's about going. Well, I had that conversation. I paid for it at the time. Now I've got the, my my product and I'm paying a much lower fee for that product and then when I get an inheritance in five years or we get a divorce or whatever it is and I need to go back to the advisor I'll go back and pay the advisor yeah that's when, right when that happens yeah. pay up get get the advice and, um, and don't pay for any more than you need to mm. it was just a, was a final question we got here do you think there's a need for an industry-wide or government drive to significantly increase public understanding of pensions and outcomes, starting with the secondary education system. That's a good one. It's from Gunner Matter. Um, yeah, I want to jump in first for you. Yeah, sure. Far away. Look, uh, it would be good, except my problem is by the time uh, anyone you stuck through in, in high school, by the time they make it to retirement, they will have either forgotten or uh, the rules will have all changed. Landscape's changed, <laughs> absolutely. And yep. so I think I think what you're getting onto is the, the right point, though, is that... Um, you know, if, if we're going to give every single person in Australia superannuation and tell them to manage their own affairs, 
um, is that there that, that that does create an issue, and and we need to come up with a, a solution for mass for mass markets um, that that deals with just the average person. You know, they've been a, they've been on a wage PAYG all their life. They get you know they've built up superannuation balance, and they just need the right. You know, some simple advice to get into the right um, part. Sounds like an industry fund, Damo. Where are you headed with this? Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is there's 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 a need to to satisfy sort of to me it's 70, 80 percent of the, the population very quickly and easily. Yep. Um, and you know, it's the other 20 percent or you know who have all the, the complicated structures and their own businesses and, and bits and pieces. You know, they they're the ones that that need the the the, the big ticket advice. Yep. But um, yeah, I guess my issue—that's my issue with education. Yeah, look, uh, well, yeah, the, the key thing here, here is, you know, look, I, I'm a strong advocate of financial education in in schools. I just don't think there's there's nowhere near enough unless a kid does economics, um, you know, and whether well, and even economics isn't really it, helping. It's you not much for it's, your own. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, knowing absolutely. GDPs and things like that yeah. doesn't help you with managing your own. Pensions. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, there's a number of programs out there. Um, that um, are trying to do this, um, but it sort of feels like it's the industry pushing in to um, the school system rather than the school system pulling pulling in. If that makes sense. Um, now I don't know why that that sort of situations arisen, but you know, like we've got just recently the whole Dolomite sort of scandal with the CBA, which I think for many years probably maybe started with its heart in the right place in terms of getting education for kids and saving, and then suddenly turned into um, okay, we're going to offer them a credit card at the age of eighteen because we've got this big mailing list. So, mm. you know. Um, you know, you like to think that, uh, you know, that there certainly should be more. There should be more in there because at the end of the day, you know, this, obviously the schooling stops at 17, 18, and then the real fun begins in terms of, of money. Um, and, you know, you, anything you read about, you know, the way kids um, deal with money and you sort of think, well, they, they don't know any better. I think that the onus is on people to do that. We've got one more question here. I would argue that the average punter knows far more about buying a car than they do about their super. That's a good point. Yeah, look, I, look I, I'd agree with that. Um, and that's, well, that's probably, you know, it's a, it's a focus on the now as opposed to the future as well, though, isn't it? And, and a big part of um, financial education is about delayed gratification and the power of investing and compounding and all these sort of things. So maybe that's a bit that's missing. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the other big issue that, you know, that does arise from that is that there's a lot more... Um, he, you know, he, he's he's right in terms of that. There's a lot more financial companies than what there are car companies. In the end, you go, okay, I know there's, you know, six or eight companies I'm really interested in. There's a there's probably another dozen smaller ones if I if I'm if I'm into that type of thing. But you know, once I've gone through my my big car brands, whereas uh, the financial market is obviously a, a lot more diversified and and um, you know, there's a, there's a lot smaller players scattered yep. right throughout. So it's very hard to know them all. Yep, yep, sure thing. Okay, very good. I don't think there's any more questions there. Uh, so we'll jump into a bit about Nucleus Wealth. Nucleus Wealth and the Macro Business Fund was put together to help give you access to quality, well-researched stock analysis and superior macroeconomically minded asset allocation. We use technology to help us provide a service typically only available to high net worth and sophisticated investors at a fee level that rivals the more basic solutions available to these everyday investors. We do this by using separately managed accounts which allows clients to enjoy unparalleled transparency in what they own and why. It also means that each client effectively owns their own separate and discrete share portfolio, which is managed by us. We have partnered with Linear Asset Management, who are backed by the ANZ Bank for Cash Management, and JP Morgan, one of the biggest banks in the world, as custodian of your assets. 
we feel that this structure is the gold standard for your financial protection. In addition to this, we offer 19 separate and individual ethical screens that you can use to help tailor your investment. To ensure that your money is not being used to support companies that deal in areas and practices that you feel are important. By eliminating the areas that are only important to you, you keep the potential for higher returning areas that you might otherwise be ambivalent about. And these would typically be ruled out in broader ethical products currently available in the market. The name Nucleus comes from our ability to provide the core holdings of a client's portfolio, allowing them the time to explore areas that may be of interest or they may have experience in. We also offer a complete investment solution for those who don't have time to coordinate their own investments. Our investment team has decades of experience in world markets and we have access to a global team of stock analysts. By removing the layers of middlemen that typically sit between your money and the markets, we've been able to reduce fees and provide unparalleled transparency in the solution we provide. For more information on what we can do for you, please call 1300 623 863 or contact us through www.nucleuswealth.com. And uh, coming up next week on Nucleus Insights, we've got our Quant Rocks Quality Edition. So that's uh, same bat time, same bat channel, Thursday the 31st of May. Uh, at 12.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be checking uh, or d diving in to uh, some of the uh, quantitative uh, investment strategies that are used at Nucleus Wealth, focusing on the quality side um, as opposed to the value side. But we will also be uh, pulling apart some of our new uh, analyst reports that are available in our new client portal. So for those uh, clients out there that are listening in uh, and who haven't checked out the portal yet, you can head over to the usual uh, portal.nucleuswealth.com um, to uh, have a look at what we've, uh, we've rolled out in the last sort of week or so. It's a uh, fantastic dashboard of your account. Um, gives you a breakdown uh, of a number, great number of breakdowns in sectors and regions and, uh, and you can dive right down at, uh, to its stock level uh, and bring up these analyst report pages which are pretty involved and hence why we're going to be uh, explaining a bit of, uh, of some, some of the background and, and, and logic behind those uh, next week. So on that note, uh, just finally, the uh, of course we're, we're available on podcasts uh, uh, or wherever you get your, your quality podcasts from it anywhere on the web, iTunes and Podcast Addict are, are the two that we, uh, we've found to work the best uh, if you're on Apple or, or Android um, and you can also check out all our previous uh, webinars and podcasts there as well. Just finally, uh, thanks for attending and uh, as always, Maddie will be sending around the, uh, the, the survey for how we've gone. You can give us a bit of feedback on how we've gone today. Uh, have a go at me for being a financial advisor if you like, um, but it'll also give us some, some topics uh, for what sort of uh, themes that you'd like to, for us to talk about it, uh, on our, uh, our Insight series going forward. So on that note, uh, I hope you've uh, enjoyed today's webinar and podcast and uh, look forward to catching you at the next one. Cheers.